Okay, welcome to the Maestro Movie Podcast. <laughs> I got here at 9.45, ready to record. And then I couldn't be heard. Technical problems are hard, man. You know, you know, Chris, there have been like legit days where we have not started for an hour just because we've been talking. <laughs> and we started what? Like 25 minutes in? We're, we're, bit, we're on track. We're, we're yeah. beating our normal time. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good, actually, today. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> Great. I think. Cool. I think. So... I think we have some news to talk about because I think there's only no, one we real don't, big thing. Because you just said you didn't have anything. I oh, we, have, we do we do have one thing. And I we do have it. one thing. Uh, it was announced that uh, Robert Pattinson will be playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman in the upcoming Matt Reeves movie. Okay, before we even start, let me let me uh, let me let's spare the uh, the pleasantries here. So, you you guys. On the casting, and then tell me why I should watch Robert Pattinson movies. Go, because he's hey, a wait, good. What? Well, yeah, Alex, you, you want to go or should I go? <laughs> you, you can go first because that's cause now I'm... that's how it naturally happens. Well, let well let me put it this. Way. I have. I'm just telling you because that's how we normally do it. That's how it's normally done. I just let it happen. It is, so it is. It is normal. Well, let so me... tell me why he's cast, and and tell me why I should watch Good Time. Well, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Instead of telling oh, you, you instead of, instead of telling what you should like or what you should like or why you should be excited about this, let me ask you: What is your mindset about Robert Pattinson right now? What do you think about him right Here's now? I don't think anything of him because I don't know anything besides the first Twilight movie. Okay, that's it. You, that's all you, I know. Did you ever see the Harry Potter he was in? Okay. Goblet of Fire. Yes, that is true. Okay. Goblet of Fire and Twilight. That's it. Okay. Full stop. So, that's, so, where, that's all I got. So, you, so you're saying just in those two movies alone, you can't really paint a picture of his acting? He never, he never left a mark on you? No. Okay. So okay. That, yeah. That's understandable. So, Alex, yeah. uh, I guess since you kind of left it to me, uh, so Chris, um, here's, here's the gist. Here. <laughs> so the... you gave up on Alex. Alex? I just asked. All I did was ask Chris a question because I wanted to get his mind. I want to get his mindset about who he is because he's walking into this thing that this is Robert Pattinson. Tell me why I should like Good Time. But here's the thing: it's not just Good Time. It's Good Time. It's Cosmopolis. It's a few other movies of his. Um, God, what was in, the Australian um, movie he did um, with Guy Pearce, the uh, the Rover. He's got some good small performances under his belt. If you like romantic drama, there's Remember Me. There, there, dude. There's a slew of chicks that love him from Remember Me. And here's the thing: I think by the time Good Time came out, he had already developed himself as an actor to say he could do whatever he wanted. For him to come up and say that he's Batman now. I've seen enough. Like he can be, he can look like and be Bruce Wayne because all the pictures that they show up with him right now is usually from the movie Cosmopolis. And basically, he's driving around in a limo 
seducing women. And it's a, it's a very interesting movie. It's not something I would suggest for you. But at the same time, like, he carries the Bruce Wayne swagger, I think, very well in that film. Also, I think he can handle action, and I think he can handle um, stoicism. I, I, when he doesn't care about what he's making, yeah, you can see it. And he says it even in the commentaries of Twilight. He said it in interviews. He thinks both the, the character he played, the movies, and Stephanie Meyer herself are all kind of a joke. And, but he, he doesn't mean he's not committed to the things that he's committed to. So I would suggest just look at his IMDb, look at the movies that might interest you, and check them out. Because I do think that there's stuff he has out there outside of those two movies. If you want to check them out before Batman comes out, it's going to be another two years before it does anyway. So I think you have some time to, to get used to him. Also, he's going to be in the next Christopher Nolan movie, and you're obviously probably going to see that. You have an opportunity to see what he can do before he's Batman. Anyway, there's going to be other chances. So I... I think he's a very good actor. I think he can fill in all the slots. But also, in terms of you not really having a palette of what he is, it's perfect. You have a lot of opportunities to go see what he can do, is what I would say. It's not just good time. It's a lot of things. The Rover's really good, too. Um, yeah, he's just... He's, he's got potential. I, the other person they were saying was Nicholas Holt, too. And I liked Nicholas Holt. Like One of the things that I haven't seen him do sense which really interests me it, it, considering he's in like the x-men movies and he's in the D tolkien movie and i think he can handle talking pretty well um is the kind of character he played in mad max i want to see him play that kind of like ravenous... <laughs> like i i thought he was really good in that um and i could you know see him you know what nicholas holt movie i actually like a lot but it, like a lot of people don't like a lot though huh Warm bodies. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice movie. It's he's not bad in it for sure. Um, I think Nicholas Holt would have been a very interesting choice. Uh, he has, I think, a lot more noticeable range that just hasn't been utilized. But in terms of like Robert Pattinson, I think, and someone else said this uh, before me for sure, he's going to add the creepiness factor that Michael Keaton totally added to Bruce Wayne in the original Batman movies. There's a creepiness to Michael Caine, uh, uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in those movies, and it, I think Pattinson's gonna bring that back because I think he can, I think he can handle a strange, weird billionaire very well. Yes, um, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of potential here, especially if Matt Reeves is continuing down his, you know, um, his Batman story of Arkham and a House of Hor uh, House of Horrors, which is I think what they're pushing for, which is basically just Batman goes into Arkham Asylum and he just sees all the nuttiness that goes down in there. And it's a huge, well, big story. They've confirmed for sure that 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 Catwoman and Penguin will be in this movie. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that they they push more towards in the same storyline they did with Arkham Asylum, the video game, because I think a very contained story that's just set in one place with many different locations in it and many different characters really will help push push the story in an interesting place and really play into the villains that people have been wanting for years and years and years. And this, they can Go ahead. Uh, and they can potentially play with as many villains as they, they want because they don't have to have big they don't have to be the main villain. They don't have to have large 
storylines, you can just do a quick like shot and you say, oh, hey, that's Joker, that's Penguin, that's Catwoman, that's whatever. You know what I mean? They, they did say they will have a rogues gallery, which means they'll have a bunch of different villains involved. And they did say it was going to be a detective kind of story, a mystery that he has to like actually find clues and figure out an overall crime to. So one location would support that theory. But I also like the idea of them like utilizing Gotham really well and like spreading that out so that we can see that world utilized even more in Gotham City Sirens. But um, thing though is that we've had many Batman stories where they have fleshed out Gotham. We, you know, the Dark Knight has did that. The Dark Knight trilogy did that really well. Um, Even to a small extent, uh, the um, the Michael Keaton movies did that pretty well too. And we had a whole series that just ended that that was all about that, you know, Gotham. Yeah, it just wasn't that. I mean, but that the point is, is not necessarily to take Gotham out of it. Because here's the thing. I'm not saying they need to necessarily continue this idea of building a DC universe. But I also don't necessarily like, I don't need Batman to be in Arkham. I don't, I don't need him to be just in Arkham. I like the idea of him, you know, just in the shadows of city skyscrapers. I like the idea of him in the shadows. I like the idea of him, like, staring over people, like, going through the city, going yeah. through the mob, going through all these other places. Because that's another thing. Like, the mob element of Gotham City has was involved in the Dark Knight, but it also wasn't, like, a big thing. Like, he usually uses that. Or the Court of Owls. It's all involved. Like, you know what movie Gotham I think you is, like, like a lot, Alex? Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, what? Uh, you know what Batman movie I think you would like a lot? And if you like that kind of stuff? Mask of the Phantasm? Well, yes, that, but I, uh, I, I'm thinking of a newer movie is uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily need to go back in time. I have seen bits and pieces of that that I did enjoy, but I'm... I, and I'm a big proponent of, like, Gotham is the most interesting character of the whole idea of Batman. And yeah. comics... Like if you, because as comics are splashy things to look at, Gotham was what really people looked at when it came to Batman, and that's why the animated series lasted so long. It's just that those dark shadows and corners and hats. It's it's classic Americana. It just seems... yeah. well, well, you're a big fan of um of uh, noir, and I can understand why. You know, you like noir a lot, and Gotham and, is a big and there part. isn't like you can't put that into an Arkham based story. The games prove that. I just. I think if you, I, I think if you want to bring a Batman in, and obviously they wouldn't just have Robert Pattinson for one movie. I don't think he's just jokering this. I think he's want they want to use a lot, utilize him for more. If that's the case, bring in Batman and bring in Gotham because the Gotham they brought in for Batman versus Superman is terrible, it's stupid, and it just I doesn't. Work. Uh, yeah, well, they barely used Gotham if I remember correctly, right? Yes, but that and the fact that it's so close to Metropolis, like, I don't want to think about that. Just take me into Gotham as its own sprawling city with its own issues. The fact that, like, Superman could have flown across the bay and helped anybody is just really stupid. So uh, I, I really just, I want them to lay out Gotham appropriately, especially when you're going to have a movie coming out called Gotham City Sirens. So give me, and maybe that's the point that's what they're going to try and do with that one. And the whole point of this Batman is they're going to singularize it and put him in one location, whereas the other one will like sprawl off the city. I don't know, but at the end of the day, I think he, I think Pattinson, in either case, is an interesting pick. He just, he, he, he has, 
he has an intensity to him that he really only wants to bring to the table if he has to, which is really interesting um, when he's committed to the role. When it's like, when it's just him hanging out with his friends and it's Twilight and he knows how stupid it is, you can tell that he doesn't care. Yeah. If it's the Harry Potter movies and it's only one role that he's going to have for one film and he's not invested like everyone else, you can tell. He's part of a machine and he's just doing his job. But in stuff like Rover or Cosmopolis or Good Time, uh, he he's committed. He's making a character. He's building it. He's making choices that are different from what he did before. And he challenged himself in a way that I think um, can produce something more along the lines of what Michael Keaton did or Val Kilmer. Those those guys I think brought interesting Batman Batmen to the table. Yes, and I, I think Robert Pattinson has a very distinct chance to pull off a really good Batman, but he has to be committed. That like you said. Yeah. Um so Chris, I, at the end of the day I would say like if you don't care about him because you just never think about him, then I would just check out his stuff whenever you want to. But uh or don't. Just wait till the next Christopher Nolan movie, and if he's really good at that, maybe that will get you to want to watch his movies. But if you like have this like inkling when you hear Robert Pattinson, you just think Twilight, and you're like, screw him. Like that's what you should be thinking about the werewolf dude in those movies. I've already forgotten his name, Taylor Lautner. Taylor, Taylor Lautner. That is who you should be thinking of in those terms. Taylor Lautner is probably a very nice guy. But at the end of the day, he's a very bad actor. And they tried two movies with him, and since then, he's moved on to make Adam Sandler movies. So there you go. At the end, at the end of the day, whereas like Robert Pattinson is getting like Golden Globe nods and Spirit nominations, like he's on his way. He's going to be a name that you're going to want to know. Years yep. from now. I agree. He's just starting. The funny thing about Taylor Lautner is he was in Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Uh, yeah, I actually think that's probably his most energetic performance, honestly. I don't know. I feel like the last Breaking Dawn, everyone is just like, what the, what, what are we making? Let's just do this. I love it. I really just love the insanity of this. Anyway, uh, uh, Robert Pattinson is Batman, I think is a good choice. And Chris, I, I don't think you should feel like, I don't think you should feel like a jerk for not caring. But I also don't think you should not care because you think that's what you should do. Mm. It's like it's like Leonardo DiCaprio with Titanic. When Titanic came out, it was the biggest thing in the world. That all the guys my age were like, "Screw Leo," because all the girls loved him. And then eventually, after a bunch of amazing Martin Scorsese movies, everyone was like, "Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's the freaking man. We get it now." It took four. It took four amazing Martin Scorsese movies and then a bunch of other amazing performances on his own. But like once he made Gangs of New York and Aviator, everyone else was like, okay, no, we need to pay attention to Leonardo DiCaprio right now. There's a possibility that that can happen with Robert Pattinson for sure. Let's just say if he keeps up his energy and keep putting in these great roles, there's a distinct Oscar in his future. I Yeah, I'm interested to see how much he would want to commit to a Batman role, like yeah. how many movies he would want to do. But at, uh, at the end of the day, uh, Matt Reeves is also a very good director, and the people who work with him have said they've had a really good time. So, I, And I like those uh, last two Planet of the Eight movies. They're really Did good. Did you finally see War? Yeah. Do you like it? 
I did. I liked it. I think Don's better, but I think War has a lot of interesting questions. It's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a hard follow and therefore kind of a mess. But Don is it's such a great trilogy in the sense that the first one's good, the second one's great, the third one's good. It's just kind of like a good afternoon trilogy. If you're sick and you have a day and you want to watch those movies, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all, that's all I say. I say Robert Pattinson's a good choice, and I'm interested to see what he does. Cool. Okay. So we got movies okay. to talk about. We got, uh, Dogma. Yeah, and that's, and that's a, um, I'm, not here, I'm not here to ever tell you what you should or shouldn't like. And okay. if I do, please tell me that, because I don't want to come off that way. But most importantly, every uh-huh. time we do something like this or we talk about a movie, my first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to want to know what your mindset is before you go into it. I'm going to want to ask okay. the questions like how you're feeling about the experience. I'm not just kind of, I'm not just going to want to count you out and say, because you like movies, you should like this. Like I wasn't, I knew you were going to like Pulp Fiction. Everyone likes Pulp Fiction. It's a very entertaining movie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like it's one, why it's one of the greatest movies ever. That's for you to decide. But a challenging movie is Reservoir Dogs. Not everybody likes Reservoir Dogs. Some people kind of find it a little talky. Some people have their problems with it, and I think that was a fair point. But once you start, once you saw it and had your own opinion about it, I was mostly interested in the journey of how you got to it. And then as we talked through it, and you got to the point where he was on like he was making the like bathroom speech, you started to get into, you started to get by, and that's when I knew like that's how that's the point everyone gets into Reservoir Dogs. You became the conduit that I got to understand how that movie works with most people. So I'm trying to pick your brain to understand how these movies work. And also, like, I'm very interested in your reaction to these. That's why I chose Dogma. Dogma does not make fun of religion. Religion hey, is the hey, hey, which was, like, um, I, I it's the it. in which this movie works. Guinea pig. <laughs> That's what this podcast is from day one. You didn't think so? I've made it very clear. Like, this podcast is for me to like show you movies. I never know whether you're going to like them or not. <laughs> and you do the same for me like absolutely i didn't i didn't <laughs> i never would watch sahara <laughs> until you brought it to the table let's put it that way or rainbow <laughs> oh no dude the rainbow movies are the best thing yeah, I'm, I'm very happy you should you got me to watch those i never would have like watched them this year for sure before the new one comes and i'm invested in the new one for sure i want to see some people die <laughs> I want to get that You're going to see that in John Wick 3, though. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, you saw, I, let's, uh, that's, what I te- that's what I sent you a message today. With Dogma and John Wick, you probably saw a lot of murder tonight. A lot of heads blowing up. Uh, definitely, 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 definitely more so in John Wick 3 than in Dogma. Um, yeah. You never rated our Dogma. Uh, so, um... Yeah, uh, I can't okay. think of any. Do you want to? Do you want to poke me? Do you want to poke me about John Wick three? Do you want to just go straight into Dogma? Uh, no, I want to get your um, I want to get your non-spoilery take on John Wick, but I'm wondering how I want to approach it. No, because you do say you like it. I do, do. out yeah. of the what's your rating out of the three of them? Right, right at the game. Uh, boy. Okay. Um. That's really hard to say. Three, sheesh. I 
the first one from narrative structure the simplest and the most straightforward weakest ending though and weak ending I think I think I think Keanu Reeves fighting an old man in front of a boat in the rain isn't that isn't as great as a mirror room in the second one. Okay, okay, that's true. If we're talking about end fights, then I'll give you that one. Because that's the thing, like John. Wick, that's my one problem with John Wick, the first movie. It's like you get it builds, it builds, it builds, and then you get this last fight, and it's like, oh, it's just him and an old man, and it's just an old man just trying to like hold his own against John. If he kills John Wick, it'd be the dumbest thing ever. And he doesn't, of course. And then you get the second one, and they're like, we're going to write this wrong and give you an epic, epic, epic last fight. And I was like, thank you. Like, they fix it. So I have no problem with that. But I think the second one, in terms of entertainment, I don't know. It's hard to say. And of course, I haven't seen the third, the third one. And I, was, I know there's um, dogs. Oh. Oh, the dogs. Woo-wee. Dog foo, I hear. Oh, man. The dogs. Um, get ready for the dogs. Um, dogs come back because that's the thing. They kill the dog in the first one. Dogs are coming back this time. They're getting their revenge. It's no longer white men. <laughs> you have it's killing dogs. four dogs. You have no idea. You have no idea. Um... Good, good, so, good, good. so, in terms of ranking the three, I gotta say, oh boy, I know where one is on my list, but I don't know how to order two and three, honestly. Uh, um, I'll get well, back to you on that, honestly. I have to sit down and think <laughs> about that. Okay, well, uh, it seems like you're a little too hyped to probably get a non-spoilery review outside of the fact no, I'm trying to right. choose my words carefully to not spoil well, I mean, it's not, I, mean I have three very, I, I would say two. No, I got three big questions that I kind of want to watch the movie to understand. The biggest one is just, if I knew it then, like, I'll probably wait to watch this movie on video. But <laughs> so I'm trying not to think about it. Um, <laughs> And I remember the experience of watching the second one in the theater. That's the most important thing. I remember not just working at the theater, but like watching it in the theater was so great. Watching everyone walk out of it. I, I really want to see this one in the theater and I hope it's a great time. But uh, yeah, I mean, do, what, what would you say are some faults about this one? Is there anything right at the gate walking out can you think that you would want to fix? The narrative, I'd say, it's it it's structure or it's pace. I think no, not its pace. I think it's paced as well as it should be. I think it's structure and the decisions they make from a creative standpoint. Um, some I get, and some I'm like, okay, that was odd. But then there's great action, and I totally forget about it, which is kind of like, it's kind of has me like, are they just going to, like, stray away 
from any plot and just make this like a like a dumb action franchise like it was really it was really strange watching it i'm just like now that i remember it it's just, it's like what are they where are they gonna go now are they just gonna because i feel like the whole point of john wick from a narrative from a narrative standpoint is kind of kind of gets chucked out the window and i think that's as far as i'll go without saying anything well, let, let, I, let me ask you this. There's two things about John Wick that make John Wick great. There's the character of John Wick and his actual art. And then there's the world building of John Wick, the Continental, the other assassins, the coins, everything okay. involved, the cleanup guys. So you get, like, are you saying that they basically give up on telling the story of John Wick and his, and what he's gone through since the first movie to um, support world building? Is that what you're saying? I think. Yeah, leaning towards that. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I'm saying. So they MCU'd it. They Iron Man would it. Leaning in that direction, yeah. I think that's what. I think that's the base on it. Because he makes some really weird decisions, and in some cases, like like back. And I'm left wondering, like, okay, why, why? I have to at least have to leave it up to my imagination to answer these questions. So, well, the, the, take it, that for what you will. Yes, without I, I, I mean, be, I, I, I'm not going to tell you to be as careful as you can because this question is basically a very tricky question. But okay, having walked away from it, did that feel like you watched the conclusion of three movies, or do you feel like more are coming? Oh, not oh, even movies are coming, dude. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> much more is coming. So okay, well, much more. That kind of that doesn't spoil anything for me, but that kind of answers what. Yeah, it sounds like what you're talking about is they gave up the personal individual story of the first film that is so, mainly carried over in the second one. It's half and a half world building, half and half whatever is happening in John Wick's head and why he enjoys killing so much. And it sounds like they sort of put his uh, his arc aside eventually and stop talking about his dead wife and dog and just start building a world in which assassins are everywhere, which is fine. I have no problem with that. You've made three movies to get us to this point. I have no problem with John Wick getting us there. Yeah, it's it it is. I won't say the entire MCU did, and they. I won't say entirely. MCU'd it, but they did leave doors open. They leave a few doors open. I won't say a lot, but they left a few doors open where they could go. And yeah, just I think I think in terms of non-spoiler, I'll leave it at that. But in terms of the character, the man John Wick, it's not that I don't give up on him. It just feels like more like they just. They didn't give up on telling his story. They just kind of like tossed his story out the window to tell the story of the world, I guess. For a they ditched his story for a broader uh, um, picture. Yeah, you can't really, uh, you can't really, especially after the second movie and the and the the expansion of the world that it makes. You can't really make it as simple as the first movie is character-wise, because that first movie, as much as it, it as it is world-building, it's driven by him and his loss. The second film 
you know him and you want to see the world. And the third movie, you you have to keep going into the world. You you can't make it about him. You can't simplify it anymore. You can't make a movie where it's just him in a house anymore. You can't make an Arkham City now or an Arkham Asylum now with him. You can't just put him in a room with a bunch of people anymore. He's, this has to be bigger. It has to be broader. And it can't be a personal story anymore. And if in terms of making movies and wanting sequels or a TV show or having other assassins or maybe Common gets a show or something... Uh, yeah, it seems like the world, the sacrifice of him would be to the world. But considering this is the first time for Keanu Reeves to make a solid trilogy ever uh, is amazing. I was just looking, yeah. God, I was thinking today for like a good hour about his career and how interesting it is and how and where it's gone. But um, yeah, I, I, I won't ask any other questions that I want to ask. Two more things and you can go to Dogma. The action, no, like I'm just talking about, like yeah. me, me right. stepping stones. I trust you. It's like, what do yeah. I want to ask? Because <laughs> I want to ask. Here's what I wanted to tell people: the action mm-hmm. is top notch as always. Um, I am so thankful that there's no dis- that I haven't seen anything be- between. John Wick versus Mission Impossible, which is... I'm so glad I haven't seen that, because I cannot comment on that. I can't pick one. It's like Sophie's Choice. Just No, I'm not going to do it. Um, which one would you choose, John? Like, if you had to choose a series of films? Yeah. Like, no, if, like, if one's better than the other. We're talking like oh. that. I'm not part of that. Uh, um, they're both two very different action films, and that's, that's that. Yeah, no, um, there's like... Yeah, you're asking... There's apples and oranges for sure yeah the action is they i didn't say they didn't go they didn't go bigger but they definitely got more creative like some mm. of the kills are straight up creative and it's great um john john definitely does have to come up with new ideas in fights to kill these people and use uh more tactics and other objects uh to to dispatch these people and it's very entertaining to watch second thing alex a few people in this movie are going to be very are going to look very familiar one they are they are that's them i'm telling you this ahead of time that's them and yes it is awesome so i'm going to leave it at that that's me that's me cutting it off that's it thumbs up for john wick chapter three Parabellum. Are you telling me that Alex Winter, Bill, from Bill and Ted's is going to come in and help him kill people? No. Are you telling me that Gary Oldman and Dracula makeup is going to come out and support his old co-star from the Dracula movie in the 90s? No. Are you telling me that Patrick Swayze is coming back to life to say, hey man, I'm going to go surf some more? Dude, better. <laughs> you know these people when you see them I mean uh, let me ask you this are these people related to the Matrix at all no I don't think so okay I'm just guessing now I don't know anything so don't, don't guess any further you'll know when you see it trust me you'll know Wait, hey, when you Chris, see it I know Jason Manzoukas is in it are you telling me that I am grouped. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh my! Wait a second. 
What? It's true. Wait a second. This would be my question. And if this is like true, I don't care if it's a spoiler. Are you telling me John Wick is in the same universe as the Fast and Furious movies, or is it just no. the No. No. <laughs> it would be great though. Great. And I That's did have a I did have a thought it'd be great if Black Widow was from the John Wick universe. <laughs> She's the closest fit. Yeah. So wait, um, wait, but wait, yeah, wait, wait. I can't say anymore. Wait. So Chris. Okay. Chris, are you telling me? Don't get a spoiler on me because you've obviously pointed out that you've looked up spoilers. That Tony Stark is Iron Man. Oh, thank you for thank you. He I said it himself. <laughs> what? He said it himself twice. That he is that he is Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Wait a second. Spoiler alert. God dang it, Zach. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I said it right before you said it. Just because you like spoilers doesn't mean everybody else likes spoilers. I love spoilers, man. Yeah, I know. I get it. You haven't seen them. Even if you haven't seen Endgame, you don't get it. Well, he does say it at the end of Iron Man. We've all three. We've all three seen Endgame. Yes. Let's be honest, guys. The movie's been out five weeks. If you haven't seen it, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> no, I can it. Thirty-three I'm sure, minutes. I'm pretty sure. Thirty-three minutes. I'm pretty sure Zach's quoting a, a, a commercial, a legit commercial from television. Hey, it's been five weeks. Endgame's been pushed out by John Wick. If you haven't seen it yet, go fuck yourself. Tonight on NBC. Four minutes. Uh, dude, we're talking. Dude, we're going to be talking dogma. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you watch that movie tonight? Yes, I did. So go fuck yourself. That was excellent timing. That was excellent timing, Zach. I gotta give you that. But uh, also, Chris, uh, it sounded like there's a little guilt in your voice when you said that tonight. Um, so yes, I'm not gonna push you anymore on John Wick. I'm glad you liked it. Um, there hasn't been very many people who have said they don't like it. Like the people that have said they don't like it are people I don't like usually agree with, and also they seem to be saying the same thing you're saying, but also they don't like action movies. I love action movies. I like abhorrently oh, yeah. I like action. So, hey, so, hey, 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 hey. I don't like John Wick. Up my alley. Uh, so I'm excited. <laughs> I I am excited. Hey, hey, Alex. I just want to let you know I don't like John Wick three. You haven't even seen it yet. I haven't even seen one or two. You have totally seen the John Wick movies. No, I, I legitimately haven't. You're telling me that you've never ever seen John Wick. Wait, 1. wait, 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 Zach. You're telling me. <laughs> How is it? <I'm>, okay. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I am telling you. <laughs> Surprise. So you, so you have been. That is also not true. I don't believe. No, it's 100% true. Why haven't you? Kind of just showed up. Never. It was, okay. When did the first oh, shot boy. come out? I guess that's the first. 2014. No, no, no. I don't care. I don't care about that. No, no, no. Why haven't you taken the time to go see a movie that was also one of the most popular movies when you were working there? John Wick 2? Yes. Never spoke to me. 
it never spoke to you? You didn't care about those movies at all? Yeah, I remind I, you, this recording well, will starters, be on the end. Hey, 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 hey. First off, I had never seen the first one. Period. <laughs> period. I was in college at the time, and I was not interested in going to see it at the time in college. Which, you know, it happens. I'm busy. I'm doing other shit. Uh, John Wick to it come out. And I hadn't seen the first, and I didn't want to see the second out of nowhere. Oh, wait, yeah, I think we've actually, I think we had this conversation when we were there. We've definitely had this conversation. Uh, well, then you're done. Well, first of all, I, I, um, I envy your shoes because you have three movies you can watch in a row right now that sound, it sounds like one of the best trilogies that's ever been made, period. Hey, because yeah. of the series, well. It, it, it can now be on the series wheel, so you can wait for that if you want. But also, like, if you like violent action movies, it's some of the best violent action movies that have been produced over the past ten years. Fair enough. You admit you're... Yeah, I mean, there's no... Dragon he wants to say I'm missing out, and I'm bad at it. I wouldn't say you're missing out, because like I said, I'm envious of the fact that you have three movies. But it sounds like you don't... It sounds like you're just not interested. So when you do get to see them and you realize how awesome they are, um, and they are, and they are, you're, you're. I want to be in your shoes, if more than anything. Um, but I'm glad I've seen the first two because the first two are amazing. The first one's amazingly quotable. It has some amazing deaths, and the second one's like a legitimate classic. The legit classic. I can I can quote the entire Baba Yaga scene. Uh, Michael Knight Nyquist, almost word for word, almost. Yeah. The, whole, the whole the whole world building of the first movie is, it's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant casting. It's brilliant simplicity and plot. It's just as ridiculous as it is emotionally manipulating. It's great. Duly noted. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Dogma. like totally. Yeah, I wish I was in your shoes. I wish I had like three amazing movies. There are movies like that that I have like older movies that I can get to eventually that I've always wanted to get to that I've never yeah. seen that I can do that with but like modern wise um, yeah they're pretty the three pretty fucking kick ass movies yeah. in fact you know what my Uber driver didn't know them today Uber's like, I was like that. <laughs> as I was talking we, were, we had a very um, long meaningful conversation about the people who have died in our lives which <laughs> was just just happened down that way I was telling him about an interview that happened with Keanu Reeves recently. That was on Stephen Colbert. He gave like the best answer. Stephen Colbert was like, "What do you think happens to the people to people who die? What do you think what happens to us when we die?" And uh, Keanu Reeves goes, "I don't know. All I know for sure is that the ones who love us will miss us." And it was like perfect. It was the perfect response ever. And I was telling the guy this, and he's like. Oh yeah, Keanu Reeves, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was promoting John Wick, and he's like, John Wick, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, have you seen that movie? He's like, what movie? I'm like, John Wick. He's like, no, 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 what's this movie? I'm like, no, John Wick. He's like, yeah, who's this guy? I don't care. What's the movie? It was literally like, who's on first? He thought I kept saying John. <laughs> That's how I that guy had that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's talking about John Wick. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, have you seen that movie? He's like, what movie? I'm like, John Wick. He's like, no, 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 but what movie? I'm like, John Wick. He's like, yeah, I don't know who that is. What's the movie? I was like, John Wick. That sounds like he's just stupid. <laughs> no, he just doesn't know movies. Like, I eventually found out that, like, he just, he was into art and he was into, like, music and stuff. He just hadn't oh gotten around to it. Like, I was like, do you like action movies? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, 
you have three movies that you need to go watch. He's like, really? And I told him about it. And he was like, oh, dude, that sounds awesome. Because here's the thing. John Wick was a was like a slow burn. It came out and it sort of like built an audience. The second movie built especially on like home video, but it was because everyone who knew how great the first one was came in and like bought those tickets. And then the word of mouth spread out because of how good that second one was. This was, this didn't start out because he was like a comic book character or a video game that he wasn't a pre-existing thing. The first movie had to exist for people to get excited about the second, for people to even be this excited about the third, to for it to topple Endgame. I mean, that's a big deal. And for this guy not to necessarily know about it makes sense because like you, he wouldn't have seen the second if he hadn't seen the first. Well, it only top well Endgame's at what, like seven million a day now Ooh. for like <laughs> It's like losing traction really fast, Sorry. isn't it? Five weeks in, yeah, so eventually that will happen. I'm still laughing. This is funny. Okay. John Wick. Yeah, but what's the movie? It's John Wick. It's like, yeah, who's that? I don't know who John Wick is. Just stop telling me about this guy and tell me about the movie. I'm excited about the movie. Oh. Hey, hey, guys, it's it, it's been an hour in. Let's, oh, let's get oh, let's move on. No, I'm still laughing. It's about this really interesting guy. No, I, I know. Tell me about the movie, John Wick. I don't care about John Wick. Tell me about this movie. <laughs> really good. Uh, okay, so yeah. Oh, man. We should get into it. Because uh, I don't want to know. Oh, okay. man. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I love that. Don't start laughing. I'm going to start laughing again. Uh, um, okay. So. Dogma. Okay. Dogma. Dogma. Okay. Dogma. So, Chris, Dogma. like, I'm going to say that my rewatching this movie again was very nostalgic for me, but also, like, it made me want to rewatch the other movies that Jane Silent and Bob are in because I, I think that they're really, some of them are really, really good. As you watch this movie, I think it's a really good idea of what his middle like. He made a he made like five movies that were all set in the same universe, and this was at the time the last one. In fact, there's an end credit scene at this movie where Alanis Morissette closes a book that says the View is universe. He was never going to go back to these movies or Jane Silent Bob after the next movie. He was going to end it there, but he eventually did. He went back to these movies and he's going to come back again. Um, how did you feel watching this movie? Do you feel like you could watch other movies with those characters in it? Do you feel like there's a vibe like <laughs> to, his, to this movie that you could watch other movies in? Um, yes. I would not mind dipping my toe into the View Ask Universe. The View Ask Universe. View askewiverse. Your view is askew, so it's the view askewiverse. It's a view askew. It's weird. I know. Um, what, did you... Uh, I would say the next movie I would probably... I would want you to watch would be Clerks, but I think the next best one would probably be Mallrats. Because um, it's just very geeky. You get a lot of his Star Wars and uh, Marvel love in there. I also just think it's a good fun time. Um, I'm just trying to get your 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 vibe and your read on the movies, atmosphere and tone, without necessarily talking about its content yet. 
because this is like okay it's a big deal for him he the first three movies he made before that were very cheap and i do think watching this movie that it looked a little cheap it's also the first big movie he'd ever made like alan rickman and chris rock were big gifts for him they were people who walked on set and were there to do this shit seriously and it was a big deal for him and i actually think that for someone who was boosting his budget probably two times he had ever done before I think it holds up a little bit. Not necessarily all the comedy, but some of the look, some of the vibe, some of the tone. I think it still holds up. As a 93. Okay, if we're talking uh, atmosphere and tone, it was pretty consistent. Um, When I think about it, it reminded me kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, how it blends its humor with its heart. Almost, and like, like how it blends its humor and its drama, and it worked. I'll say, I'll, I'll say that it, it did, it did work for me. Um, it never he, takes itself too uh, seriously. I think is what you're no. trying to get at, right? It, yes, and um, I do want to say I kind of took. Coming into this movie, I did take Kevin Smith. I didn't. I took Kevin Smith for granted. I'm just like, okay, this is gonna be just a really stupid movie with angels and demons and a take on the modern church. And it wasn't. It kind. It had a plot to it. It had characters to it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, I guess I'll be. I guess I'll be watching this for realsies, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love how that's your serious mode. Well, guys, looks like I'm watching The Godfather tonight for realsies. <laughs> Chandler's book tonight, guys, for realsies this time. <laughs> um, uh, Yes, because um, here's the thing. He has made movies that are like that, to be honest. He, ha- he has literally made movies that are almost a joke. He-, he, made- he made a movie that is beautiful, that has a great performance from an actor, but at-, at the very end of the movie, he admits the entire thing was a joke. And you kind of feel shitty giving him his money for that. You realize later that it was just a jaded response to the business and you realize that he's actually a very nice guy. He's a he's a great example of a geek that has grown up into a, a dad and a good husband and just a genuinely good dude. Um, he has an immature sense of humor, sure, but he's a good guy. Um, but I I think when you look at this era of film, certainly with this film, certainly with um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Clerks Two, that what you're talking about is certainly there. The, the balance between drama and sincerity, or sincerity and silliness, is it, it's balanced pretty well. He tries to actually make some family films later. He makes like a family film with um, Ben Affleck, uh, who has to like who becomes a single dad, incidentally, and it's it has its moments. He's I think he has a genuinity about him, but. If you take all the challenging religious stuff out of this, I think this is a, a prime example of like he is at his best when he just accepts the fact that he needs Jay 
and Silent Bob to be silly and immature. That element needs to be there. He has to have that valve release because if he doesn't, then the other stuff can't come out as well. And this was like his peak. Jay and Silent Bob had already existed in three other movies before this point. When they come in and they save her in this movie, it's it's announced the same way that people are supposed to expect um, Black Panther coming in an Endgame or uh, someone coming in an end credits when they beat her up and you see it like the, like when that movie came out, people were like, oh my god, it's Jane Silent Bob. They're gonna go. Oh my god, they're gonna help her. Like that was totally something people were looking forward to. Taking those characters and putting them into the story that he wrote after like before clerks before the first movie he ever made he had already written this so he had this story in his mind he needed he needs that immaturity to allow that valve to be released and i think if he leans too much into sincerity it doesn't work and if he leans too much into the gross nature people kind of step away from it i think this is the perfect medium with that said how did you feel about all the the religious takes and themes and just how it was it's funny in the film. Chris Rock says he you're not he doesn't like it when you call it mythology, but that's because they exist in a world where they know for sure God exists. Whereas this is genuinely a film about Christian mythology, and it's used as a fantasy story to basically basically tell Star Wars again. <laughs> they even mentioned it in the movie. Like Jay's like I'm I'm this you're you're the princess I'm this I'm this like he loves Star Wars. And it's there. This is a story about people getting from A to B to stop something from happening. And it's a fantasy story. It just also happens to be about religion. But the, the theme of the narrative is two things. A, it is a genuine response to his own personal crisis of faith, especially at the time that his daughter was being born. And he is still a Catholic and still believes in God. Uh, and B, the answer to that crisis of faith is that to um, have faith is to accept contradictions. That is what the entire movie is about. 110%. That's the article that I sent you. It narrows it down perfectly. The entire movie is about his crisis of faith and the answer being that there is no answer and you need to be comfortable with that through the contradictions. And they're all over the movie. With that allowing it also to be um, this kind of fun little fantasy journey, which is, it's really interesting because the first half, everything up, the like, the halfway point of the movie is the exact moment where she sees uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon on the train. And then it starts, the movie starts to come together. Then the stakes are risen. The, the Matt Damon character and Ben Affleck character, their, uh, their ideologies are now switched. One's, one's caring about the people, one wants to destroy him. You get these great discussions about like what Chris Rock is telling her on the train. You get these stories about Jesus. You find out who, where she comes from and what the last sign means. You get that great scene by the lake. That's when the story starts to really come together. And all of that happens because the first hour is explanation of everything. What's the muse? What are angels? What's this? What's the poop monster? What's this? What's that? What's... And then all of a sudden the movie takes a break. And it actually starts to ask questions and have conversations. If it didn't have that, those like three scenes before that ending, then you wouldn't have it wouldn't have the lasting effect that it has that it has for me and still some people. What would you say is probably your favorite scene? Sheesh. Uh probably the scene by the lake. 
Sorry, I'm looking at something here. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I think it's the scene by the lake. Um, it was just like, I felt like it was like the most relatable one because this movie introduces so many ideas that like are just like, whoa. Like I feel like the movie doesn't I feel like the movie didn't give me a second to breathe to think about it. At least to me, it was just like one to the next. It'll be like, okay, there's this conversation about this topic, and then they go back to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck lighting up a bunch of rich white people. Um, <laughs> that is that is a great scene that is totally out of place. <laughs> yeah. Um, what they're saying with that outside of it being just his own version of a Pulp, Vic, a pulp Fiction assassination scene like it's kind of hard not to just see that's kind of what it is however I do think that it sort of paints a good picture of what Loki was so that when Ben Affleck does become that sort of side of it at the end you know they mean business you, they need to go on this killing spree for the killing spree at the end to matter. Oops. Or to at least to make sense, I would say. Mm. But I, it's not like I'm necessarily like saying this is the best structured film, but I do think as a fantasy film, it works pretty well. Yeah. Um, so you're the f- I think the first text you sent me, one of the few, few texts you sent me was that you thought Alan Rickman was really good. Alan Rickman was hilarious. Full stop. <laughs> There's nothing else you need to know. He's very, he's very funny. Uh, who would, who would just change your favorite character in the film? Because Zach was asking oh, that. Oh God, Silent Bob. <laughs> really? Just fact, just for the one fact that he throws, he throws. Barnaby and Loki off the train looks at the guy who's sitting next to him, petrified, and he quotes like, the last Crusade. No ticket. No ticket. <laughs> yes, 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 you knew it. I love that you knew where the quote came from. That's awesome. That that is that's Kevin Smith right there. Silent Bob is basically Kevin. No ticket. <laughs> no ticket. Okay, so then yeah, I would say because we were talking about which ones you should probably do next. And I think Mallrats might be the better one for you to go to next. Although I think if like Clerks is the best example, if you want to know how to make a movie cheap, like ever, Chris, like if, you, if there's ever a day where like, I don't know, you get a, a, just a $20,000, just like somehow you get a loan, you put your mortgage out and you just say, screw it. I'm going to make a movie. This is one of the movies you need to watch to learn how to do it. This is Kevin Smith scrapped everything he had. And he made a black and white movie, and he changed, he changed Hollywood with it. Like it's it, like Clerks is without a doubt a game changer. It is such a cheap movie. It broke can, the same way Reservoir Dogs did. They both came out pretty much at the exact same time, and they changed the game. Like they proved anyone could make a movie if you had a voice. Whereas Mallrats is kind of just this silly teen comedy set in a mall that was shot in Eden Prairie, and. Um, is a really like a geeky movie. It's a like it's about also it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is true. Uh, 
No, no the movie the movie itself. The movie itself. The movie itself exists, not the it, events it, of the movie. Yeah. Kevin Smith films exist in the MCU, which I think is a is a much bigger thing for Kevin Smith. That and Stanley saying that in general, but most importantly the fact that they exist. They recognize that his films exist is pretty cool. But yeah, no, like I, I, it really is amazing back in the 90s when you realize that like he got Kevin Smith to be in his movies because of how geeky Clerks was. So yeah, like Jane Silent, I, I wanted you to get into, if you liked Jane Silent Bob, I wanted you to get into their movies. I don't know if you necessarily, I think Chasing Amy is one of his best movies, but it's also about like, it's basically about homosexuality relationships. About lesbians and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's a conversation you necessarily want to have here. So I may put that aside. But they are really, they, are, they aren't as prominent in it as they are Mallrats and their, their particular big film, which is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is just a straight up live action cartoon. It's silly. It's got like Will Ferrell and Ben and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon show up again. It's great. Hmm. <clears throat> Um, okay. <laughs> Put it on the wheel, I guess. Well, I no, we talking about, like, bad movies we're going to do later. But, like, I, I was under the impression that you may not respond very well to Jay and Silent Bob, possibly. No, I mean, like, for Jay, I'm just, like, I was a little annoyed by Jay. I'm not going to lie. Fair you enough. should be. <laughs> he's got a... Um, some people i think some i feel like they're two they're they're two extremes and i found silent bob to be like the better extreme yeah yeah he's very he's very classic hollywood harpo marks charlie chaplin sort of thing and he's just great he's he is very like especially by dogma he just sort of like knew how to play to the camera pretty well um the great thing about him is that they evolve. Like they, by Clerks Two, Jay is sober. I believe he's like going to classes and stuff. He's, I mean, he's he's like going to like group sessions. I I, I, I forgot the name of what an A. I get meeting. He's going to meetings. There you go. Like they're evolving. So it's pretty. It, it's pretty interesting to see where these movies go. I think. Um, but overall, you liked it. Yeah, I did, I did like it. I took I took the movie for granted. Thought it was going to be a dumb comedy that just happened to have religious themes and ideas. And and I was just like, oh, this is a fairly competent movie. I shall take this a little more seriously now. Um, was there any particular like, what? Well, how did you feel about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck being like? Just baby, they were performing. Well, first off, seeing them as a baby now that you brought it up, I feel old now. Um, I can't imagine how you feel. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, so I feel old, no, as I should. No, it's 20 years old, it doesn't feel that way to me, which is how I know I'm old. Um, their performances were really good. I'm surprised that Ben Affleck pulled the performance that he did. I guess it was a different time. I feel like these days he does he doesn't really care as much about these kind about movies like this made by these kinds of people. 
and it's kind of well, like hold, hold on there so i actually have something to say here now he has something to say for the first yeah. time so, in like what so, 10 minutes yeah so so chris do you know about what exactly ben affleck and kevin smith's relationship is no zach tell me why i'm an idiot no, that's not what I mean. But they're childhood friends, so Ben Affleck will always do anything Kevin Smith asks <laughs> him to do because they've they've been friends since they were like six years old. Yeah, I, I was gonna get into that. Like Ben oh, Affleck, that explains a lot. Then yeah, like a, Ben Ben Affleck, Jason Mewes, Walter Flanagan, and Brian Johnson. That reminds like, me. That reminds me. The guy. From Alvin and the Chipmunks is in this movie. Yeah. Okay. We're, I wanted to get to that. I wanted to get to that. Okay. We're gonna take a break from Ben Affleck for a second. So, how did you think? How did you think he did? Uh, he he was pretty charismatic because I haven't seen him in anything. I haven't seen Jason Lee in anything outside of. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, there was that one show on NBC that he did. Um. Oh, what was it called? What was it called? No, no, no. My name is Earl. Yes, my name is Earl. Thank okay, you. So, uh, okay, so here's the thing. Jason Lee... And Chipmunk, I have no idea. Jason Lee and Ben Affleck owe their careers to Kevin Smith. Both of them oh. grew up with him. Like, here's the thing. Ben Affleck was in Mallrats. He was the star of Chasing Amy. He's the star of Dogma. He's the star of Jersey Girl. He's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Jason Lee is basically the most charismatic and best part of Mallrats. Like he is, he's the best part of Mallrats. He's amazing. He's this, but like a good guy, and like he's just great in Mallrats. He was supposed to play Matt Damon's role, but because of scheduling conflicts with another movie, he had to play the bad guy in this. Um, And he's also great and fantastic in Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back and Chasing Amy. Like these two guys, they're they're Kevin Smith men. Like people forget that Ben Affleck owes his career to Kevin Smith. And you may be talking about the guy from My Name is Earl and Alvin and the Chipmunks, but he used to be like a 90s badass. He was a 90s badass. Jason Lee, I really wish he had a better career because he was charismatic as hell, dude. When you see Mallrats, man, he's amazing in it. Brody and Mallrats is the king, like with his little tiny cup. Oh, God. Brody and Mallrats is the best. Uh, but yeah, like Jason Lee is extremely charismatic. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, that blew my mind. Like, I was trying like half the movie. I'm trying to figure out what, where is he from? Where is he from? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Holy crap! It's him. Yeah, dude, you have no idea, Jason. Oh, when Jason man. Lee really gets going, there's a movie that he's in with David Schwimmer called Kissing a Fool. It's a terrible movie. Um, it's one of my favorite spring movies because it just really, it, it's shot really well in Chicago and it looks beautiful, but he is great in it. His character's terrible and the script is terrible and it's an awful movie. It's just terrible toxic masculinity stuff, but he's great. He's fantastic. He's char- he is charismatic that he can carry this disgusting bad character. I would continue watching the movie every year because I like Jason Lee in the 90s, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Oh, yeah, like the thing is, is like Ben Affleck and Jason Lee, and uh, Joey Lauren Adams to an extent, all owe their careers 
to Kevin Smith for casting them in Clerks. For sure. Uh, what do you think about Chris Rock? Um, <laughs> falling from the sky, buck nude. <laughs> that was pretty funny. His intro was pretty funny. Um, you know, and, then, you- and after that, it's like no, it's it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I actually think he's really good in this. For someone yeah. who hadn't, I don't. He hadn't really done any bigger movies yet. He'd only been like side things. This was like this was a big get for them because this was like his big like breakout where he could actually like do a scene where he like how, what was it? Um, he was talking about the, the when he's in the car and he's talking about the difference between belief and idea. I think he carries that scene pretty well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was pretty good. I feel like everybody. I think everybody in this movie was pretty good. What did you think um, about the lead? Though? Excuse me, who? The lead, the lead actress. Oh, gosh dang it. What was her name? I'm sorry. Well, um, Linda Florentino, I believe, is her oh, name. Oh, Florentino. 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 Fiorentino, I don't know. Fiorentino. Fiorentino. From, from Men in Black. Wait a minute. What? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's Will Smith's trick- love interest of the Men Black. Wait, which one? Two or one? The first one. one. The first one. Because two is Rosario Dawkins. I'm sorry, I have to do some research here. I yeah. am blanking. I am 100% blanking. Dude, he's going to scream when he realizes well, this. Gonna... Oh! Oh my god! God, it was her! Jesus! No, they called that scream. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, she was apparently a really, really, really mean person. People didn't like working with her, and that's why you don't see any more uh, titles from her, Zach. Like, she... This isn't a case where, like, um, people, like, she maybe she was abused, and Harvey Weinstein used his thing to, like... No, this was a case where literally Kevin Smith was, like, she was... She was a really big jerk, and there were days where she wouldn't even talk to me. And he's like, years later, he's like, I regret not casting Janine Garofalo in her role. And I was like, Janine Garofalo would have been perfect. Yeah. Sucks, because I thought she was all right. Yeah, she I, is all right. The problem is she that has her moments, yeah. she, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> I, think there, I think there's a sense in some scenes where she just doesn't care, and you can feel it. Um, Janine Garofalo, on the other hand, I think just has better comedic timing. She had been in, she had been in more things. She was a better comedian, and maybe he kept he cast Linda Florentine, uh, whatever her name was, because she could do <laughs> dramatic scenes. But I honestly think, um, I think knowing what Janine Garofalo can do these days, especially in the movies in the 90s that people don't remember that she was in, like, Truth and Cat, Truth About Cats and Dogs and stuff, that she would have been better. I think she would have been better. But the reason you don't see anything more from her, Zach, is because she was not a very nice person. Fair enough. That sucks. Yeah. Well, Agreed. Agreed. Um, what did you think about Alanis Morissette as G.O.D.? Okay, this one's the heavy one, huh? Okay. Um, that was a very interesting idea. I'm okay with it, given the movie it was in. Uh, um, Wait. 
Oh, I, I, I see what you're saying. You were, did you actually have a problem with God being a woman? Okay, listen. Here's what we're gonna do. All right, not the fact. <laughs> he has that... a problem with God being a woman. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna make fun of you for that. I just didn't. I wanted to. Okay, we're back. Let's try this again. Okay. Answer the question of did I have a problem of God being a woman in this movie? <laughs> Over oh, just that one simple question. Sure. Got it. No. Okay. In this movie? No. In general? Not here. You'd have to ask me personally. I'm not bringing that here. Okay. It sounds like you. It sounds like you already answered it by saying that, though. Honestly, <sighs> I'm not saying we're going to get into it. I'm just saying you basically answered it by saying that. Yeah. You are believe whatever you want to believe. If you think God is a woman? Fine. Absolutely. Fine. Fine. As I'm for not- me personally, as for me personally, I have no reason to believe that God is a woman. Me personally. Does that, before you go off laughing at me. Uh, no one's laughing at you. Answer specific question. No, I'm not talking about you. I was talking about you, Zach. Zach, if you don't laugh at me of how I choose to answer questions, and be like, let's get something straight. This is America, okay? Chris, right? he, has, he has just as much of a right to laugh in your face as you have to ask him not to do it's that. True. I, I am not. I am not laughing. Two different questions. The American card is all I'm saying. The American card never works well. Uh, <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Okay. Like you do have free <sighs> religion for sure. Yes, and like just. I'm not saying I have a problem with that. You don't want to believe what you want to believe. Me personally, like, I think God is a woman, but I'm okay with it in this movie, okay? Because this movie's like shooting so many different ideas at you that it's really hard to tell. It, is, it even in the movie says, like, like, address God as he and she from different characters. Okay, so in this movie, it's fine. I think. Uh, like, the whole point of the movie is God is in a, God is in a coma in a man. The reason that this stuff is going on and that, uh, like, Asriel is trying to pull the stuff off is because God is in the body of a man and in a coma. So God just takes whatever, like, body it wants to, really, honestly. And whatever it feels, fe- like, comprehensible to people, I would think, is the logic in this film. Yeah. Because the, the word of God is even, like, she... He he's like he, he, I think he's not saying it because he thinks those ideas are feminist and stupid. I think he's saying it because he's like whatever your minds can wrap your head around, whatever God is to you, fine. It's a she. It's a she in your mind. Honestly, God in my mind would be everything. God would just be. God could be a house. God could talk to me as a pillow. God could be anything. God is everything. So why wouldn't God be a woman? To a exactly. If the main character sure. of you is a woman without necessarily being a feminist take, like that's I think it makes way more sense than Salma Hayek's take 
I think she has a very good point, the way that women are portrayed in the Bible and that only men wrote those stories. Sure, absolutely, 110%. That's also not what the point of the movie is. The point makes those, the movie makes those points flippantly as, as sarcastically as you can, but that's because they don't want to use the real ammo that would become the real problem with Catholicism two years later. Because like the point of this movie is like, isn't Catholicism bad for wanting to like change its image and thinking so much about its image and everything? Two years later would be the breakout story about how thousands of priests were molesting kids and how the church was hiding it at that time. Like that, that is how, that's how naive this movie is for the time, which is even weirder. So it's idea about like faith in Christianity as like a serious topic is one thing. But then the organized religion at the time in this film, it's mostly just small things that they want to say about the Bible. Like, yeah, Jesus was black and no one wants to talk about it. Or how the church didn't really say anything about slavery and turned a blind eye during the Holocaust. Like, things like that, they, the movie just says it. But I don't think that there's any problem with God showing up to a main character who is a woman and just sort of, like, representing herself the way that they did right. in the Contact, but contact when the aliens rep, like see Jodie Foster for the first time, they come as her father, and she's like, "My my dad was an alien." They're like, "No, we're just coming to you in a form that we know you would understand." Because if you saw a true form, you'd freak out, and that's kind of how I see it in the film. But I also I have no problem standing here saying like what I think my idea of God would be, but I think I don't necessarily know that what Kevin Smith is saying in the film. That he thinks God is a Lance Morissette. I think he just was cool, like happy with getting a Lance Morissette and wanted to utilize her in the film. Um, maybe she was his friend or something. But I do think that it works more as like God approaches the person or whoever it is with a comprehensive idea. If a woman, if the person sees God as a woman, speaks like, who knows? Maybe maybe women when they maybe they're like. Girls are women who, when they go to bed, they really are praying to a female God. When they talk to God in their rooms and they pray, maybe it makes more sense for them to talk to God in their image of God as a woman because they don't trust men or they don't have any male friends. Like, it makes a lot of sense in my mind that uh, girls would grow up to be women who see God as a woman because that's who they turn to in their time of need. Not a man, a woman. That would just make sense to me. The okay. idea of what God is is important in this movie more so than what God truly is. Okay. And, yeah, all that, all that said, too, like, and here's how I know it's okay. Take this for what you will. So, here's something you'll like. So, my mom loves Supernatural. Loves it. There's some hunks. These guys are a couple of catching. Hunks. Yeah, she's <laughs> ca- she's catching up in really serious finale that's coming up, and she's on season thirteen. And the stuff I've seen, the stuff I've seen is just like balls to the wall insanity, and I enjoy it. I enjoy what I'm seeing. Even Oh, it's crazy and probably not biblically true. It's crazy, and I like seeing it. Yeah, but the thing about Supernatural versus this movie 
is the thing about the thing about supernatural is it, it's just using those ideas to fuel a plot and world building. Dogma genuinely has something to say, not necessarily about faith, but about the crisis of faith the author was having when he wrote it. Like this is, it, it's not just about the world and the jokes and the silliness. Which is why this war- movie doesn't work for everyone. It it genuinely has something to say, which kind of keeps it from being a great comedy, but also the comedy is what keeps it from being a great genuine fantasy movie with something to say. Like I, I don't know if people believe the whole like is Lord of the Rings about World War Two. I think to a certain extent it is, but isn't. <laughs> and I think this film could have been like a Star Wars like movie if he had a little bit more character development. Um, and took less time uh, with some of the jokes. Or I wouldn't even say some of the jokes, but if half the movie wasn't explaining the rules before you actually got to genuine conversations about what you really want to talk about as a filmmaker. And the meat of that movie, the point where everyone starts to pay attention, is when they're on the train, when they're talking, and when they're at the lake. Those are the points where you really start to meld comparing the hero's journey to what the journey that Jesus went through. And when they start telling the story about like those last or those lost uh, years uh, in the Bible that they don't talk about from 18 to 33, it's not just about to point the fact that she, that he had a family that it connects her to that. But it's also to say like those years were the years that Jesus needed to get used to the fact that he was the son of God and that he needed to go through it. Like he was a human who had to deal with something so big and it's part of his hero's journey. He had to accept the destination of where he was going and still get there. And that's probably what those missing years were part to to a certain extent, him just dealing with it as a human and accepting it. So that when we get to him at 32 or 33, he has people around him. He is a shepherd. He is leading people with these great ideas because he's accepted it. He's with it. He is, he understands his destiny. That's, whether that's a true or not, like Jesus was probably a real person. Whether you believed him or not, that's a true historical figure that you are embedding into your hero's journey of your fantasy film. It's like Noah. Like I would love to bring Noah to the same table. Noah is a fantasy film that uses biblical imagery and actual research and study in the faith of like not just not just the Bible, but like like Old Testament stuff. And it turns it into a great fantasy movie that is a has a lot to say about the conflict the filmmaker has with believing in God and dealing with organized religion. Because those are conflicting things. One is human, one is not. That thing that is not is you can't understand. And because you cannot understand that, you have to be okay with that. I think Dogma is a really good example of that, of just being okay with these. Like, the lead character has to live her life like jaded because of the fact that she can't have kids but some people don't have god to come in and fix their stomach they still have to walk around with that they still have to leave the movie theater with that still being a part of who they are and they need to accept that they need to uh, they need to accept the contradictions and the infallible nature of god if they choose to believe in him and i feel like walking away from that movie with that in mind not bad i don't i gotta give i gotta give dogma points for that yeah. so 
that's that's I and the ideas it brings up are interesting to think about. Like I will sit down and think about them. I'm not saying I'll totally dismiss any of the points that were made in this movie. Like obviously I will probably think about this for a good week do. You know, because I, I would say I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I would say one thing that I thought Kevin Smith did say about this that that was important in terms of what happens to Ben Affleck and how he feels. This movie could be good if you're a Christian and you're able to enjoy the movie, but wanted to take what he says actually seriously. It's it's the anger. It's just the anger and the any jadedness you feel about being a Catholic. Anything that sort of whether it's towards God, whether it's towards what you feel God hasn't given you, whether it's towards people that question that or the world that you live in, that is the one thing he wants people to like take away from it. So if you were ever like in a situation where you felt like the righteousness of God was on you, this is the movie you look at and think about. It. And that's all. Like, that is the only thing like he's not sitting here saying god is a woman and you need to accept that he just wants you to understand that you're that god is can be a building it could be an old man it could be atlantis morissette it could be whatever that needs to be your faith with him it needs to be able to change and mold because if it doesn't you're going to start wars you're going to kill people you're going to that anger is just going to gestate inside you and that is what I think is the most important thing that the movie can do. If you're, if you genuinely believe in God and you genuinely like what this movie feels like it comes from, I think it earnestly says to that audience, don't let your anger either for or towards God um, affect you. Let, let the ability of your beliefs breathe, let them be other things than what they are. And hopefully that anger won't, turn into resentment because resentment is what causes the problems that have been existing in the Middle East for thousands of years. <clears throat> that's all, that's all it is. It's just this, whether you believe in those religions or not, they do so much that people have been killing for thousands of years. That's not good. Yeah. That's, that is a problem with organized religion. That's not a problem with God. God has nothing to do with that. God exists without that problem. So, yeah. Okay. Um, back to the movie. <laughs> that, we are talking about the movie. That's the thing. You're just trying to... Oh. I, I, I know that you don't... There are things that you just are carefully trying not to say. That's all. I know. Right. I don't want... Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to start any fights here. So, but like the, that's what gets me interested because what is it that you think you're going to say that's going to make me want to fight you or argue with you? Uh, on my point is that the movie is a fun, silly fantasy, just as much as it is like a movie about how you shouldn't let your resentment towards God exist. Like it, you should let that weight drop. It's. I don't think it says much more than that. In terms of Christianity, I think it's about your crisis of faith for one person and not for everybody. So there's really nothing that I think you could say that's going to make me like 
that I have anything to really desperately argue about. It's an extremely personal film that was like funneled through the thirty-year-old's uh, immature mind. That's why it's not a perfect movie. But I honestly think that there's a misunderstanding to it because, as you found tonight, that's a really hard movie to find, right? It's very hard. I had to watch a bootleg on YouTube, and I don't feel good about it. I don't either. I kind of wish I could give this. I wish I could give this movie some money. I wish I could give Kevin Smith some movie, some money for this because I think this is his best film. I think it's his, I think it's the closest combination of his like immaturity as well as like his freaky dreams of what he could actually tell as a filmmaker. Um, but like, there are people who misunderstand this film and don't know where it's coming from, and that's why we can't find it. It's not because of Miramax and Harvey Weinstein, although that relationship is something we, we could talk about. It's mostly <laughs> no. because people who have not seen this film think this film is something and saying something and therefore will not let it reach other people. But honestly, I think this film has the exact opposite message of what they're trying to say, of what they think it says. So I'm not, I don't think there's anything that you could have a problem with this film that I'm necessarily going to argue unless what you have a problem with is genuinely subjects about your religion and your, and your faith. That's different. Cause like when the, cause like the first thing that Jay and Simon Bob say when they first walk up is they're like, we're pro-choice, but what do they also do? They're, they fight for God. Like that's not, they say it in the movie. Like I work at an abortion clinic. Yeah. No, it was a drunk. What are you going to do? Everybody has their beliefs. No one's here to argue with it. God exists regardless. If I don't believe in God and you do, God still exists. That is the point of the movie. You can exist with people who don't believe in God. It just also steps it up a notch and says angels and demons exist as well. (laughs) I guess on that front, I really don't have anything controversial to say then. Yeah, I I don't think there's any idea that's presented that I necessarily have a problem with if the movie was presenting ideas in that way. But if like yeah, I think you I think you I think you've talked me into it. I think this I have to when I, when I think about it because I have to think about it like I have to, I'm, more I think about it from like a personal crisis of faith for Smith then I could see some of the then I could see some of the things you're talking about. Like like it could like yeah, I okay. Alright. Then there's really nothing there's really no there's really nothing I could there's really no ground I could trip over here. It, it, it's, it's exactly why I like to talk about this. it's exactly why I like to talk about Noah and not necessarily Mother from from the same director. Like I, I haven't seen Mother but I know it has which Jennifer Lawrence. I I, I no, it has like biblical imagery and has stuff that's like very universal. Whereas like Noah is way more like dogma. Noah is it's the story of Noah and like there's rock monsters that were fallen angels and they're fighting for him and it's like it is genuine sci-fi Lord of the Rings type fantasy imagery. And what I love is that both of those films come from people who genuinely care about the subject matter and have something to say about it. And you supernatural is fun and it's great but it's a show that can take 
the devil and have him exist with like werewolves and Rumpelstiltskin and vampires. These are guys and imaginary friends. And imaginary friends. That's right. God. That episode. That's the episode. I'm like, what? Like, what is this? Like, they're killing imaginary friends, and I'm like, natural. What is this? (laughs) What is this? That is that is a show where the cast and crew have so the the time they have making that show is so much fun apparently that it's lasted this long. That's all that's the only reason that show exists. Yeah, there's strong fans, but there's stronger fans for other shows. The only reason it exists is because everyone making it loves making it. It's amazing. Like I you can tell in that final episode no one wants to go home. Crazy. Um but that's a show that like it takes biblical imagery and it puts it together in with everything. It says if we're going to throw everything in, we're going to throw in the kitchen sink. Dogma and Noah, Noah more so than Dogma, are both films where the filmmakers were like, no, I'm sticking to the Catholicism. I'm sticking to stuff that isn't just in the Bible, but in the Quran and in like the Dead Sea Scrolls. And like these, these, this isn't something that just happened in the Bible. These are things that were talked about for a bunch of religions that were overseas at everything. And, that to me is far more interesting because that tells me that those people know way more about the subject of Christianity and Catholicism than I ever will. But also, they're just here to entertain me. They want me to think a little bit, but mostly they're here to entertain me. And I really like the fact that they're looking inwards and not outwards. They're not going like people who believe or don't believe or this. They're saying, I have a problem with belief. And by the end of this film, you're going to see how I came out of that. And most likely, since I made the film, I still believe in God. But you're going to see how I got there. That, to me, is way more interesting than a movie saying, I'm going to make a movie about angels and demons and and poop monsters. And also, I don't think God exists. So I'm going to make fun of it all jadedly, which is a real thing. That's really from the Bible. That's really something he looked up and thought. It was literally, I gagged at the poop monster scene. Like when he's first coming out of the toilet. Nope, I can't even look at this. It was too gross. Shit demon, for sure. But that's like, he looked it up and he was like, huh, not only not only is it something that I can enjoy because I like poop jokes and everything, but he takes <laughs> time to have the character explain that it's not just to say that he did his research, it's also to just say, hey, like, the Bible's pretty freaking interesting sometimes. And it is and true. Like, that's an interesting way to make a demon. To make a video game reference, he looked like the poo monster from Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. When Bob just watched- I wish I could remember that jingle. Uh, I don't think oh, I was too old for me. And then Bob just balls out the freaking air freshener. <laughs> Sprays it in his face and he goes, splat. <laughs> he just pulled out a can of air freshener, sprayed it in his face, and he just went down. <laughs> Knocks out bad odor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I think, I think Jane Silent Bob in Mallrats and in Jane Silent Bob, I think in Mallrats and Clerks too, you're really going to like Silent Bob if you ever get around to those movies. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, the fact that you liked this movie is more than I think other people probably would have assumed you might have. Like if I told, if I were to tell people that we both knew and used to work with that I was going to show you Dogma, 
they'd probably go, Chris, Chris is going to watch Dogma? Holy shit, why are you showing in Dogma? Because I don't think they think about it the same way that we do. I, and I, it makes sense to me, having watched the films we have and knowing you as long as I have, that you walked away from that film and were like, that was fun and entertaining, I really loved that. Because it is, like, it genuinely is, it's fun. You yeah. want them to succeed and you feel bad when she gets the, when she dies and Silent Bob carries her out. It's sad. It, like, those moments work because it's, it's Star Wars. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. <laughs> uh, it's the of Star Wars. It's insane. Like, they say it in the film. But uh, I, uh, I just want anyone who is an, a genuine Christian or Catholic, I want them to just sort of, like, when they actually look at the film, to see that it says two things. That it's an, an, an inward look on the person and that he's asking you to not resent God. That's it. Just don't, don't carry your resentment for having faith. That, that to me is a beautiful thing. Don't resent the fact that you believe. But also, he says another thing about beliefs too. But like honestly, at the end of the day, it's like don't resent yourself for believing in something that will never give you a true answer. Just don't resent that and you'll be happier for it. I think that's beautiful. I am gonna give it a B, hard B. I'm gonna give it a B as well. There's some cheap things about this movie. Um, there, like the yes, strip yes there is. There's, the strip club is like bare. Um, there's a black like gang there. Doesn't age very well. <laughs> uh, just really sidestepped over that. But I'm gonna make it very clear. I think that does not age well. Um, they, spend their, they spend their money on good practical effects, but there's some like there's some cheap stuff going on. You can tell where some reshoots and stuff happened, but like at the end of the day, um, yeah, I'm gonna go B too. I think your B is right. I'm not gonna necessarily go. You know, I'm gonna go B plus, just because I'm nostalgic and this movie has aged yeah. too well for me. And I thought some of the bad jokes were going to not land, but they did. Um, I like Jay. Jay is... I think... I really like Jay more than I realized I did. I think I might go with you, just because I remember the fact that Silent Bob did so much in this movie that I just remembered. Like, he threw two two angels out of a train. Two like, angels they out were of nothing. Train. And then he quoted Last Crusade, and then he sprayed air freshener. The reason that they were in the same state as her in the first place is that they went to go find the the fictional city from John Hughes movies because Don and Bob loved John Hughes movies. Oh man, Silent Bob, my guy. Oh man, I'm too tired. Come on, wake up. Um, Zach, grade and review. You haven't spoken in a while. So before I tell you my 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 review of it, I, I have a story. Oh All right, here here we go. <laughs> so when I was in college, two thousand circa two thousand about eleven, oh. uh, I got to meet someone from this movie. Actually, two people from this movie, and not just any um... two people from this movie. The nun? No. 
The Cardinal. No. Oh my God, dude, I would love to have the Cardinal. <laughs> the Cardinal was pretty funny. Would, dude, oh uh, my Cardinal God. Boy. I met. I don't know who the Cardinal was. I met Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. <laughs> you met yeah. your older twin, Kevin Smith? Yeah, basically. Dude, Kevin Smith is skinny as hell these days, dude. Yeah. He looks, he looks lost, he's lost weight? Dang. Dude, he looks real good these days. Yeah. He, he had a massive heart attack and he almost died, and then he decided to watch his weight. Now he's a vegetarian. I think he's he's a vegetarian, not necessarily vegan. But he uh, is. I, yeah. No, he is half of the. I think he's a vegan man. now, actually. It would make sense, but he's like. He, he is half the man he was. Yeah. I like how his, um, I like how his podcast is still called Fat Man on Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's um, fat jokes in the movie. Like Zach pointed this out, there's a lot of fat jokes in the movie. But now Jason Mewes pointed out in the interview as they're making more Jane Silent Bob. Now he can't make those jokes. Bob is really skinny. <laughs> um. So I met Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith in my local comic book store, who were there to record Jane Silent Bob are getting old, which is um was uh. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes podcast that they that they created to help Jason Mewes through his drug addiction. Hmm. And um, at the time, a friend of mine literally stood up in the middle of like fifty people, shouted over to Jason Mewes and like, "Can I be your squire for the night?" And he <laughs> obliged. So so me and my buddy. Ended up being squires for Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith for a night. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, Jason Mewes had a big drug habit for a very long time. And there are scenes in Dogma when Jason Lee has them all held up in that bar um, where he's legitimately nodding off. He's falling asleep in the background. When Jason Lee oh. is making his whole monologue, you can look in the background and see Jason Mewes just like, should we tell them the story that I told you before we started, Alex? Uh, yeah, sure. I think I've already for- forgot what it so, was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of Dogma, uh, Kevin Smith and Chris Rock uh, caught Jason Mewes snorting coke in Chris Rock's uh, uh, trailer. <laughs> yeah, By Chris Rock's! Get your own trailer! Exactly. <laughs> What was he doing in Chris Rock's trailer? Because um, he didn't want to get caught in his own trailer because it was known that he was a drug addict at the time. Yeah, Jason Mewes has had some problems. Yeah. And he had to uh, sit him down. He's like, you need, to, you need to like get your craft together if you're going to work with Alan Rickman. He's like, Alan Rickman is here. You cannot do this craft without yeah. Alan Rickman. And this is also, he also kind of said, dude, are you going to really do this with Affleck too? Affleck does have Goodwill Hunting. Like, and like, I get, I get that we've been buddies since like the beginning of time, but like Affleck doesn't need this right now. It's Affleck and Damon. Yeah. Damon was the one who walked away from Goodwill Hunting looking the best. Yeah. Affleck was the one who became the movie star, sure. But Matt Damon was the one who legitimately, at that time, he was the star of the movie and the co-writer. And it was. Would end up being found out that Ben Affleck would kind of have a drinking problem after that. I don't know if it was years after that, or I don't know. It was, it was like a few years after that. He may have been yeah. drinking. Around, he may have been drinking around Dogbone, but I think he was just kind of like playful drinking because he wasn't famous when they made this. They made Goodwill Hunting, 
in fact, Kevin Smith helped Good Will Hunting get made in the first place. But they had already made it by the time this movie uh, was getting shot. They were going through, um, like, it getting bigger and bigger. And, like, they haven't hit the award season yet, but it had been out and people had already been talking about how good it was when they yeah. were shooting. But they were, like, the big Hollywood, like, uh, there was a name for them, but they were, like, the Hollywood It Boys, basically. Yeah. Um, but, hmm. yeah, uh, Muse got caught smoking or uh, snorting coke and... <laughs> I mean, he did it all, dude. He smoked weed. He, he snorted coke. He shot up hair. I mean, he did every kind of drug you could think of, dude. But just like, yeah, just like Kevin Smith, he is much better these days. Yeah. He's oh, doing good. He's doing video good. games on Facebook all the time now. It's really funny. Yeah, they're both, they're both happy. Yeah. Yeah. Why not Twitch I mean, they, or YouTube? No, uh, Jason Muse on, uh, streams on uh, Facebook now. It's really cool. I like get posts about it all the time at work. Mm-hmm. What does he just... stream? Uh, Fortnite, Apex. He streams uh, games on Facebook? Yeah. That dude is such a beta guy. He's so around. I would not be surprised if he does do other services, but my guess is, yeah, he's just an old guy. Again, he was like in his 20s and 30s in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, it, looks like he, it looks like he does a lot of Fortnite right now. Well, he's a lot more famous than I am, so he's doing something right. Oh, he's a hell of a uh, lot more. He uh, he like has his John Wick thing in Fortnite right now. That's kind of what he was doing for a while. He's done Post a lot of pictures about a, of his daughter. He's done a buttload of B movies, but he's like because he has gotten better and the character got better. Like Clerks Two, he sobered up, and I'm pretty sure in this new series, like. He's, like, evolved as well. Like, fans have evolved with him, and he's kept his fans since then. So he could have been, like, he could age pretty poorly, but, like, I think by Clerks 2, he had changed enough that um, the character actually seems to have lasted a lot longer. Also, he really enjoys playing the character, and it's a lot of fun for him, so... A lot like him. He's a changed person from what he was as a younger person, but Jay is an extreme person of who Jason Muse was. And when you see like clerks, they're just like a small element to it. They're like maybe a third of what that movie is. Um, yeah. Then Mallrats, they're a good like chunk. They're a good half of it. In fact, they reference events from Mallrats in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Jason Bob is just a straight up. It's just a goofy cartoon. It's got a lot of sexual politics problems with it but still it's a lot it's one of the best representations of like a live action cartoon that's around yeah i kind of i kind of wish it had aged better in other areas but still it's it's got more time in it i mean and jay and silent bob strikes back they literally go to a kid's house who spoke bad about them on the internet and just beat the shit out of them There's a whole montage of Jane Silent Bob of them going to houses of people that talk shit about him on the internet and they beat the shit out of him. And it's just them beating the shit out of like 14 year old kids. It's amazing. In like 1990, no, it was like 2004, 2003, something yeah. like It was early on in those days. Like, like literally, Dang. Bob is walking around with like a giant fax, like mountain of papers. And then, then Jay's like, Are you booty? He calls 693434, and did you say this at this website at this time? The kid's like, yeah, and then they just throw the paper and beat the shit out of the kid. (laughs) Montage. Montage. 
<laughs> that movie's so ridiculous, too, because they got Tyler Mark Hall. Hamill. They got Mark oh, Hamill to play the yeah. cockmacker. <laughs> Dude, Mark Hamill's great in Jane Saw Jane Saw Bob Strike Back. There's a there's his love for Star Wars is immense. There, um, there's a <laughs> whole conversation in Clerks that basically made him who he is. That's a decent. Yeah. It's a decent question about the Death Star, and I'm not going to bring it up because it's basically a, a good 15, 10 minute bit in Clerks. But he poses a really interesting question about Star Wars that I really love. He's a massive geek. I love it. I think Mark Kevin Hamill. Smith is a Mark Hamill and Jay and Silent Bob is perfect. Like. I can't wait to hear Mark Hamill's Chucky in Child's Play. It's gonna be interesting. He just, oh, yeah. he, he just in Jay and Silent Bob, he's literally just Darth Vader with a giant fist that punches people in the dick. It's hilarious. It, it starts with him not going with it, and then he totally goes with it. It's great. Like you think he's not in on the bit, and then you realize, oh, he wouldn't be in this movie if that wasn't the case. And yeah. then he, as the character of himself, just goes full on, and it's great. Yeah. Um. Kevin Smith, I think, is a so-so director with about one or two films that are actually great and deserve to be sort of analyzed and looked at, Dogma being one of them. Um, but I really love him as a human being more. I think I want him to keep making films because I genuinely like him as a person. That doesn't necessarily mean I love all of his films and you know, some of I could take a leave, but I... I think him as a being, uh, I love. I love his podcast. I love his nature. If you want to hear one of the most genuine fan reactions to anything that I've heard, watch his review on YouTube of Endgame. And oh, you, yeah. He, like, blubbered. He, he went. Didn't he go to the Endgame premiere with his daughter and he, like, blubbered up like a, like a wuss? Is that what he, like, said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sweet. It's, it's actually genuinely sweet. It's genuinely sweet. No, the way Zach phrased it. Yeah, blubbering, yeah. <laughs> well, that's his word. That's his wording, not mine. Oh. That's, that's the best part of it. I thought you that's were him. legit, like, crap, and like Kevin Smith crying at the end game from here. <laughs> He'll say it, too. He's like, I was bawling like a baby snot coming out of my nose. He'll admit that. He's good. He, I like his self Um. So, yeah, I would say... I'm glad you liked this movie. Um, I'm glad you didn't respond to it poorly. Um, but oh, more man. importantly, I'm also glad that you enjoy Jay and Silent Bob. I think they have made their stake in cinema through... Uh, they, they are their own cinematic universe. They're in so many different films that are so many different genres, and maybe they're not the best movies ever. They fit in every single one of them. And when they do get their own film, and it is the tone of who they are, it's straight 110% cartoonish. Like when they enter Dogma and they beat those kids up, that's that's the cartoonish pow wit zam nature of their own film. And I think they I think they deserve to be recognized in cinema. I, yeah. I, I think they're good. I don't think they're I think you, you it's all right to have problems with them. If you're a woman and you have problems with Jane Saw Bob, one hundred and ten percent. But I think they've I think Kevin Smith and him stake their claim well enough. Uh for people to genuinely enjoy them. And I'm glad that you do because Clerks and Mallrats, at the very least, are films that I think you would love. I think Mallrats especially. Yeah, neither of them are like heavy dosed in religion. They're heavy do- they're much more heavy dosed in geekery. Clerks is yeah. the best film you should watch if you want to learn how to make a movie and you're broke. And then Mallrats is just a geek 
it's just a geeky film. It's just really yeah. geeky and it's fun. Just straight up comedy. And I think eventually, like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, is like a, a movie you would enjoy a lot too. If it, yeah, you have to watch the other ones to enjoy Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But if you already like Jay, if you already like Silent Bob and Jay is someone you can somewhat tolerate, you may really like that movie. It's a silly, silly movie. I mean, in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, literally Silent Bob has a lightsaber duel with Mark Hamill. So I mean. <laughs> Are the lightsabers, but yeah, he pretty much has a lightsaber. Duel. There, it, I mean, it's a bong it's, saber. It's a bong saber, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, their lightsabers are bong. <laughs> it's a bong saber, but whatever. Silent Bob, Bob has a bong saber fight with Mark Hamill. Whatever. It's close. Same damn thing. Let's be honest. Zach, what are you grading it? Uh, I'm giving it a B plus. Not even a question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dogma. So we, dogma. They have nothing yeah. to do with dogs. <laughs> Just ma. All about yeah. that ma. All about that ma. Dogma. All about that ma. Okay, uh, bad wheel. Bad movie wheel. All right, you guys go first. Uh, I'm going to bring to the table a little movie um, called Simply Irresistible. Simply Irresistible. Mm-hmm. Okay. How like, should a, I do it? It is a bat, bat shit insane romantic comedy. I can't explain it. When I first watched yeah. it, I like, there it is. I like stood I, up and was like shocked at certain moments. It's. I want some more <laughs> femininity in here, but I want a but like a bad feminine film. I'll save Rollerball for another time. I like Simply Resistible. I think it's something we could all talk about in the, uh, for Alex. how it is. Alex. Rollerball is on the wheel. We decided that last time. Oh, it is! Remember? Yay, that's great! Awesome! Well, then uh, I win. Alex. Do whatever you want, man. I want to say it so badly, I but I don't stop think it. I should. But? I can't stop it. It's your choice. No. If you want, to, want us to do it, then it's fine. I'm not going to say it's not. A, it doesn't yield the conversation. Oh, it yields a conversation. I've just seen it enough. I have a movie in my head, and I think you're gonna. uh, I have a guess of what you're gonna say, but I. But it's a very, it's a very radical choice. This is this isn't a definite no. You get it right. Definitely. I'm not gonna say say it, but I want I want to know what Chris thinks I was gonna say. uh, Yeah, Chris, if you get it right, then like, I think Zach should totally go. Okay. For the lols. I, no, this is just a joke. I was just joking. Um, as a complete joke, I was thinking you were going to say Passion of the Christ. No, I was oh, not going to say no. that. Oh my <laughs> god, I don't want to go. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go uh, myself that. <laughs> no, that, that, movie's way, that movie's violent <laughs> for the sake of being violent. Fuck that, that is a bad movie choice, for sure. Yeah. Uh, no. That's to you, you, to you guys. I mean, whatever. I'm whatever on I, it. I think it's a little, it's a little much myself. Mostly, right. mo- it's mostly the Jewish noses that get me. That's where I'm like, <laughs> that's where I put my, that's where I put my hat on and coat and leave the theater. Their noses. Dude, look at that movie again. All the Jewish people in that movie are given bigger noses, and all the actors set on the set. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Don't like the Jewish people from Minecraft. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not saying. gonna. I'm not gonna say the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Spill it. Do it. I dare you. I'm not gonna do it. What was your? You guys do not want to go. Double freaking dog dare you! I dare you! Well, I dare you, Zach. Zach I, I forgot dare you. Your, forgot what your other choice was, but whatever. My your real choice, choice that I'm actually gonna do, I will was. do. But I'm gonna tell my fake choice first. Go with whatever you want. Uh, Jack and Jill. Uh, yeah. No. I'm not saying, my real choice. If you oh. want to pick Jack and Jill, that's fine. My problem is I've seen it already twice in my life, and I regret that already. But I'd watch it again <laughs> for the podcast. I'd watch it again. I just think it's the like. Oh, I think it's the nadir of like bad Adam Sandler movies. It's as lazy as it is bad, and that's the worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, that's the one thing choice, I feel. My real choice. That's a lot more fun, and I think. It, it it's it's fun in the vein of dogma but not as as like intense as dogma is uh is uh the toxic avenger yeah that was the other one you said oh i like that more i like that more than jack and jill but if you want to pick jack and jill, jack and jill is a straight up bad movie that would like yeah. drive us insane and probably be a good <laughs> uh but Toxic Avenger is a very interesting film that's as gross as it is bad and as funny as it is bad. It's some genuine good laughs in Toxic Avenger. But we I'm going to gonna stick, stick with Toxic Avenger. Avenger. I, I want to talk about Toxic Avenger at some point. I think, that's, I think that's a bad movie that is also really fun. Yeah, for sure. And it would get us to talk about trauma. And I don't know if you've ever... I don't think you've ever seen a trauma movie. I've only seen nope. like one or two myself. Um, so... so <laughs> One of them I saw was just straight up a bunch of parents murdering their kids in a playground at the end. It was great. <laughs> Trauma's okay. insane. All right, here I go. I want to make the pitch. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna do... What was your choice? Okay. <clears throat> so I'm scrolling Facebook just randomly. Nice. And I come across this clip that, Alex, you commented on. I talked about this with Zach. Yeah. Is it Kung Fury? How in the world does a guy <laughs> keep a frisbee with razor blades in his pants? You have or his a- shirt. Wherever he got it from. I want to see that. It's called Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah, it's a classic. I want to see that. Yeah, that's, that is up there with Miami Connection, for sure. It's that oh, kind of- I thought he was gonna say Kung Fury. That's been going around Facebook for a while too now. I well, uh, yeah, that has some crazy scenes. But in terms of that, that's like '80s stupidity to the max. It's just like big boobs, but it's great. <laughs> it's great. Our ticket to Hawaii is just the best kind of dumb. No, our ticket to Hawaii is great. Um, so ooh, I gotta be honest. I will put my. Uh, I, I'll get to Simply Irresistible again. We'll all get to that, but like, I won't stop you. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I've seen that. It is a classic bad, it's so bad it's good. It's a troll too, kind of bad it's good. Alright, Zach, am I going to have to flip a coin? No, you can. we can go with Ticket to Hawaii. That's fine. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's all good, <laughs> like, man. No, that's, to me, that's a fine thing. walks off and then he's playing frisbee with a guy and all of a sudden <laughs> he's like, where does <laughs> With razor blades, he lodges it in his. <laughs> I want to make sure. I want to double check too that that is exactly where that's from. But I'm pretty. I don't think there's any other movie 
that's like that. I'm pretty sure that, that, that they're on a beach and everything, and it's hard to get away. There's like a lot that happens in that movie. There's like a snake that's sent to somebody. <laughs> hard to, yeah. That movie's that's crazy. the movie. That's the movie, Alex. I can tell it's the movie. That's definitely the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hard tickets to Hawaii for sure. Yeah, 78% Rotten Tomatoes. It's up there. It's up there with the best of the So Bad It's Good. It's a very good time, and it's like, it's also stupid. Really stupid. Okay. <laughs> All right, hard ticket to Hawaii. Let's spin this wheel. Let's see what's on there right now. Hold on. What's the bad one we're doing? I think I know which one it's going to land on before we even spin. Oh, you and I'm not have... rigging the wheel. I just know. Well, what do you what do you think it is? You got to say it then. Hold on, let's hold on. Let's let's uh, let's go through the list here. The Last Airbender, Ugh. Toys, Ugh. <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special, The Wicker oh, Man, Doom, Doom, Doom. Dwayne Ooh. Johnson's Doom. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah. Master of Disguise. <laughs> oh, my God. Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. These are all trash. The Book of Henry. Yep. Oh, that's an interesting one. Bright. Mm-hmm. David Ayer's Bright. Dragon Ball Evolution. Ugh. Ah. Ready to Rumble. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. I'm rooting for you, man. Howard the Duck. Sounds fun. Catwoman. Ew. <laughs> oh man, if we get Catwoman, that's gonna be a lot said. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Oh, guys are gonna love how bad that is. Rollerball. Okay. I th- I'm calling the shot right now. What do you think? It's gonna be the holiday special. I want it to be the holiday special so badly. I have just a weird feeling in my gut it's landing on that one. Okay. Because it's been there for a while. Yeah, it has. Been there for a long-ass time. So is The Last Airbender and Toys and The Wicker Man. A few of them have been on there for a while. But Airbender uh, and that one for sure are originals. All right, you guys ready? I'm going to spin this thing. Toys is an original. Go, go, boy. May God have mercy on our souls. Hey, it sounds like farting again. (laughs) I can't look. It's stopping. Stopped. Okay. The next movie, Beyond a Shadow of a Doubt, this isn't close. The next movie that we will be reviewing on the Mice Movie Podcast. Catwoman. Dang it. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. This movie's... It's funny because Halle Berry just was in John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, and she was great in that. Now I gotta watch her in trash. Thanks, Karma. You're welcome. Thanks. If if anything, I feel like you should have seen that coming. Dang it. That's think, true. Actually, I, that's true because we just for reasons. Every time, every time you uh, every time you think it's the holiday special, man, it just never is. It's gonna creep up on you one day. One day you're gonna be in such a it's good. Gonna be a pulp, it's the Pulp Fiction of this bad movie list. It's Honestly, just gonna come. Chris, to Chris, you know what I kind of want it to do? 
But... I kind of, I kind of, kind of want it to to roll its ugly head either right before Rise of Skywalker or right after. <laughs> that would be fate on such an extreme level. Like, so, if that uh... happened, if we got it within two weeks before or after Rise of Skywalker, like, there would have to be a god. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but... No, no. I don't know if that's definitive. No, after all I've been god. through, like... It to be a god, I'm she a... had to wrote the, al- the album's jagged little pill. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a Christian, and if there's any proof of a, of a supernatural existence beyond our beyond our dimensional comprehending, then it is then the holiday special will land two weeks before or after the rise of Skywalker or the week of. I it's say just, like, you know, you know, Chris. You know, Chris. Now that you've said it, and now that you've recorded that, you say it, it's not going to happen. No, now it is going to happen. No, well, now no, it's not going to happen. Reverse psychology. I say, if we don't get it before the movie, we do it right before the movie. Yes. We get it out of the way. No, no, no. no yes. No. We don't land on. <laughs> we don't land on it before the movie. Right before it happens, we watch the movie. And we'll do it like either the day of the. We'll we'll watch the movie. We'll watch that, and then we'll do predictions, or we'll, we'll, there'll be two separate episodes or whatever. But how great would it be if you're watching like the worst thing in Star Wars canon history before you get this? Man, your expectations are going to be so low. No matter what happens, you're going to have a good time. Exactly. I have to watch Carrie Fisher sing and Harrison Ford just stare at the crowd. Think about this. Well, you don't you watch feel any a, better? A Carrie, Carrie Fisher father. is so stoned. She is super stoned, dude. If it makes you feel any better, she is stoned. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Her eyes are flashing. And then Mark Hamill looks like a wax figure. Yeah, I don't know. He just... Wrong hair, different skin color. Yeah. Dude, that's not... Those are the least... I love how you're... I love how you're looking at this, like, the cast and the decisions that happen. They're in there for, like, five minutes. You still have to watch the rest of it. <laughs> That's a- <laughs> the rest of it he says but it did not land on it today it landed on Catwoman oh, Halle Berry right before <laughs> Catwoman oh, let's see man. Catwoman is let's see what Catwoman is I'm I'm guessing because it doesn't have too much to do with religion it's probably going to be easier to find this time <laughs> Catwoman <laughs> That's the first thing that came up too hold on Oh no, it's just a fictional character. I gotta find the uh, the movie Catwoman. Oh my gosh! Thousand four film. I guess they fancied up. Does Halle Berry? That poor. <gasps> it's on Vudu for free with ads. I forgot about that. That's how my parents watched it, dude. Thank you. You. Yes. Yep. Perfect. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. And the Merovingian is in it. Oh no. Did he uh, he didn't break into America very well, did he? No, he did not. Lambert Wilson. Action movies have gotten so much better after this. Oh man, it took a while, but they got there. Wait, Born Supremacy came out the same year. Come on now. What? 
Born Supremacy came out 2004, didn't it? No. I mean, is that the second one? It did. That's the second Born movie. Born Supremacy, 2004. The second one, okay, that makes sense. If it was the third one, that would have been weird. Yeah, no, that was, that's 2007. That's the same year as... That's the year before Iron Man and uh, Dark Knight. So, uh, oh man, interesting. There were better action movies the year it came out. Oh my god! All right, Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> there were better action movies that came out the year just came out. Indeed. That pretty much used the same techniques that this that Catwoman used, and it was still filmed better. Oh, Catwoman looks ridiculously bad. Okay, as a oh, little sorry, teaser. It's not even just about the the CGI. Guys, she plays with catnip. <laughs> and here's the, thing. the bad guy the bad guy is is um is a makeup, is the owner of a makeup company because she's a female superhero. She's got no, sorry, no. There are much bigger problems than the CGI in this she film. Whip she lashes her whip. At a dude's neck and wraps it around their wraps it around the dude's neck. The motion of her whipping it around his neck takes like four or five cuts. I've seen that. It's horrible. This movie's gonna be terrible. Yep, but fun. Is this DC's lowest point? Are we uh, like no, are we giving Oh that's true, dang it. Well no, I say, I are think... we giving are we giving BVS too much like too much crap? Um. Uh, Surely these are worse films. No, because here's the thing: these are worst examples of films that existed before the DCU, and we're this is like in the same vein as like Spider-Man. Like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man inspired a bunch of films. Even the X-Men films put came out in this vein. You have like Daredevil and Elektra. They're all in this kind of vein. Batman vs Superman doesn't understand its characters at all as well as doesn't have a working narrative at the very least catwoman so may not understand the catwoman may not understand its character but it may be an entertaining good bad watch batman versus superman is only only entertaining good bad watch the same way if you like watching a car wreck <laughs> a car wreck between two like beautiful cars you're like here's like a beautiful like Cadillac come in and here's like a convertible and these are two great looking cars and, and they just smash into each other and you're like oh those people are dead I'm gonna go home that's a perfect analogy because you'd think exactly what to do with those cars you take them out on the strip you take them for a nice lovely ride it's great right that they decide looks- to collide the two in a car wreck and that's everything yeah, sucks. If you, if, unless you are like a masochist or are actually watching that movie to see disaster then yeah, I like that analogy. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 Catwoman and Green Lantern are really bad because they completely misunderstand their characters for sure, but, like, they're also not two and a half hours long. Right. And well, they also aren't connected to, like, Justice League, which yeah. is basically Batman vs. Superman 2, which is also Man of Steel 2, so... You have to watch other films to completely understand how that film cannot be understood. I will never forget the moment 
I realized I was watching crap. <laughs> like, in BVS. So, like, it was, like, halfway in the movie. And Lois Lane is doing something with the... Um, I think with the, with the general guy. And I'm like... And I'm, and I'm, like, sitting there. I'm just like, what the hell am I watching right now? Just randomly. I'm just like, why am I... What, what's going on right now? What's happening? Why am I watching this? Yep. <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? I was like, this is a bad movie. They messed it up. There's, there's something about Catwoman that just kind of screams 1960s Batman that just in a way still kind of works a little bit. Um, Batman vs. Superman is also super dour. Oh, yeah. It's like, Oh man, Catwoman! Catwoman! Oh my God! I can't wait. Oh man, this is gonna be a. <laughs> she won an Oscar. What do you want to do, Catwoman? Ugh. She won. A... Okay. I think she won a Razzie for this. She won a Razzie, but she also accepted the Razzie. She went it. Yeah, she... that was awesome. I'm gonna give her props for that. She did go in there. <laughs> like, if I'm gonna go in and take an Oscar, I'm gonna go in and take a Razzie too. I like actors who take Razzies too. Those are great. That's always great to see. Like I think the Razzies are pretty off. The Razzies are pretty stupid. Um, but I do, I do like the fact that she's like, I, she knows it. She even said in an interview recently, she's like, when I made this, I knew it was going to be shit. <laughs> money. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, there were no like cinematic universes then really that were money. Pushing, so. money, 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 money. All right, and it was like she was gonna get a storm movie. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Man, it's been so long. I forgot she was Storm. Holy hey, cow! Isn't it interesting that Dark Phoenix is coming, and that series has lasted longer than any uh, like MCU or anything like that? And no one gives a crap about it. Hmm. Well, I care. I thought I think it looks. I think the trailers look pretty cool. I'm talking about like general populace. I see. Okay. I, I I I know I like people used to be like I remember the days when like Last Stand was going to be a big deal or when like Days of Future Past came out and everybody was like oh my god we I want more of these let's get more of these and then uh, kind, of, kind, of dwindled, kind of dwindled away. All right, Catwoman. All right, that's what we're doing next time. I already have my pick for the Goodwill, so bring your picks. Um, um, I don't know what mine's gonna be. I gotta think about that. I don't know if I, I know what mine's gonna be. Ooh. I figured it out. I definitely know what mine's gonna be. What's it gonna be? You'll have to find out next time. It can't be Wait, movies now. Wait, what? Can't be John Wick because there are three movies now. Nope. It's a series. It, it's not. Yeah, John Wick is a series. No, John Wick is a series. I thought you meant that we were going to do a series. I'm like, no, we're not doing a series. Yeah, we're doing the Goodwill. Yeah, we're doing the Goodwill. I already know my choice. Mallrats? No. That's my choice. Passion of the (laughs) (laughs) Passion of the (laughs) No. No, I already know you guys hate that movie. Um... I, I wouldn't do that watch to you. It again. I don't know if I hate it. I just think like, they need to like, give the I think it needs a strong word here, Chris. Hmm? 
I just don't oh, care for I, it. Am I, was I not strong enough? Hang on, let me see. Loathe. Um, what else you got? Oh, um, no, no. Like, like, here's the honest thing. Uh, honest when, thing. When I, you're, I, when no, you're no, 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 no. We're not even getting into it. We're not even I'm getting sorry. into it. When, when the actor who plays Jesus gets struck by lightning twice when they're making it, I'm, I'm going to go with maybe that this movie has... I think something's going to get movies. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally struck by lightning on the cross. Sorry, no, like... <laughs> Tim Caviezel is like, like the six million dollar man. Like... Oh, I love how they quoted that in, in Dogma. We can read all that Dude, we can make you stumble. Make you badass. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember laughing so. Hard. Such a right, I gotta get to bed. So. All right, all right. Let's get let's get out of here. Skedaddle. You're gonna watch Catwoman. Bring your good picks next week. Say goodbye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm gonna watch Clerks now.